and welcome to Your Property Podcast. Uh, my name is Michelle Kearns, your host for today with Ang Harrod Owen. Hi, Ang Harrod. Hello, I feel like I've been on hiatus for a while. Yeah, it's been a while, it's been a while, but you're back, you're back. And today we have got Sean Brown with us. So hi, Sean. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Good, good to have you online. And um, Sean is going to be talking to us about how he has uh, been investing in the UK, but from abroad. So that's our topic for today. Um, I have had the pleasure of knowing Sean for about uh, maybe about two years, actually, coming up to. So we did the mastermind together and um, Sean was also one of the top five performers of that year. So uh, lots of uh, lots of content to be sharing with us today and some insights into the property market from somebody who lives abroad looking in. So Sean, tell us a bit about yourself, a bit of background for people who don't know you. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you guys for, for inviting me. Uh, it's a great honor. Uh, as Michelle said, we've known each other for, <clears throat> for a while uh, and likewise, uh, very impressed with, with, with her journey and what you've done um, and, you know, very inspiring. Um, yeah, it's a little bit about me uh, based in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, yeah, you know, just regular uh, person, I guess, um, you know, have been, used to be an ex-athlete, I've uh, been working and kind of dabbled into property uh, by by accident uh, when I finished playing and uh, just kind of, um, I, I got the bug, so to speak, and was really enamored uh, with it. So yeah, about 10 years ago. Wait, you said you're an ex-athlete. What was your sport? <laughs> Yeah, so um, basketball, uh, even though I'm not quite tall, uh, I managed to somehow uh, play a lot longer than expected. So uh, quite at an early age, I, about 10, I, I joined a sports academy. And from there, really, it became quite serious. Uh, and I played a few years in, in Sweden and then managed to get some scholarships and played on the national team. And I, I moved to America at the age of 16, 17. And Spent a few years in high school and college, then I played professionally for about four and a half years in Sweden and Norway, um, Germany. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so, so it, it, was, it was quite serious for a while. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of where my, my background and discipline comes from. <laughs> that's that very different. I don't think I've ever met an ex-basketball player. Do you still play or...? Well, unfortunately, my body doesn't allow it, but yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I try to play maybe once or twice a month, uh, you know, just to keep in shape. It's fun, uh, but not as much. Uh, mm. It actually plays more now, so I'm more of uh, living vicariously through him and, and his uh, journey. So this is quite, I get my, my enjoyment from him, so. <laughs> cool. Um, so you say you kind of like got into property by accident about 10 years ago, so uh, how did that start? Yeah, great. <clears throat> Thank you. Great question. So, so basically, I mean, I think when I stopped playing, um, you know, it, it's one of those things. I, I was kind of sitting down trying to figure out what am I going to do in my life? Um, you know, I've, I've been identified. I've, I've been in sports my whole life. So I had a, a little bit of money. Um, I, um, a good friend of mine <laughs> said, no, well, why don't you come to to, to England, uh, visit me for a while. So I kind of invested in, in just like a buy the let. Um, and it, it kind of increased in value in a very short space of time. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I, I'd never knew anything about property. I hadn't purchased a property. And then from there, uh, a few years later, I, I kind of bought, bought my first um, um, renovation project, so to speak. But it kind of just 
took off from there where I realized that in a very short space of time, we can make very you know, great gains. And I was like, it really, I was, I was quite um, surprised and, and, but interested and curious of how I can kind of take this further. So that's kind of why, why I jumped. I never had any intention to, to make money or to, to, you know, replace my income. It was just something I did and it just kind of took off from there. Really. And uh, why did you uh, decide to invest in the UK? What was it you said about a friend? Yeah, great question. So I, I, I'd basically been investing in Sweden for, for a few years and uh, I had a good friend of mine um, who, had, who had been investing in the UK for quite a while and, and then very well. And, I, and also with the UK market, it's a lot more, a lot more mature market uh, and I could probably scale a lot better. But I knew that in order for me to make this step, I needed to educate myself and really understand the process because it's quite different from Scandinavia and Sweden. Uh, and that's kind of where you and I met Michelle the first time at the three-day event. So mm-hmm. I kind of said, you know what, let me sign up uh, and, and, and work with someone and learn from someone and, and get a network and how to invest in the UK. And that's how, how you and I met that the first time at the three-day event to yeah. sign this course. Okay. And um, how do you see, you know, investing in Sweden versus the UK? Obviously, it's more profitable, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. But um, mm-hmm. it did you kind of seriously look at the Swedish market first and then weigh things up or was it just like really obvious that investing here was was just more lucrative yeah great question so the, the Swedish market is, is quite traditional um and a little bit more conservative so in terms of like mortgages you only have maybe one or two available mortgage, mortgage products whereas the UK market is a lot more mature and what I mean by that is that you have a lot more flexibility and creativity in terms of what you would want to do stuff like rent to rent if it's SA or HMOs or commercial stuff like that you can't really do Sweden because it's a lot more um, regulated so that was the first step and then also I think just the the size of the market is so much so much more more bigger in the UK you know you have 70 million people where in Sweden is 10 million people <laughs> you know a lot more opportunities um, in terms of and then also I think the UK you know uh, whether it's London or north or south you know it's a little bit more you guys are a little bit more advanced in terms of mindset and wanting to you know people are a lot more positive and and encouraging when it comes to starting off and learning and investing. So for me, it had all the components and attractions that anyone would love when starting a journey like this. Okay, and did you, uh, so while you were doing the mastermind, did you commute back and forth to uh, (sighs) Sweden? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, you can can probably say that. I I got, um, (laughs) it's, you know, honestly, I, I, you know, everyone says they like to travel, but after like six months of every two weeks flying back and forth, being in airports, it, it, yeah, it was, it was a massive mental commitment because it's quite tough, you know, being able to, you know, get on the flight, flying back. And a lot of times you sit on that airplane and you kind of question yourself, like, am I making the right decision here? You know, I'm investing not just time, but, you know, it's just, it was, it was, it was a really tough mental battle being able to, you know, put myself in a position that when, when I'm in the UK, I am as focused and and effective as possible and you know i i want to make sure that i maximize every single minute so you know a lot of times it requires that you plan ahead you make sure that you have a process in place you have infrastructure in place you're you're doing everything where you you can really understand that this is going to give a result at the end and i think 
uh, in the beginning, you, you're not going to see that result. It may take mm-hmm. you a month, it may take you six months, it may take you a year. And I think the, 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 the hardest thing to do, even if you're in the UK or if you're from abroad, is, is staying the course and believing the process that every single day, every little thing that you're doing is, is actually getting you closer and closer to what you want to achieve. So I think that was one of the toughest battles uh, that I had to you know, indoor. And it took me, you know, I, I said this to Michelle, it took me about seven months before I really kind of start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, because I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> this, <laughs> you know, this, this really sucks, man. This is that, you know, nothing's happening. I'm not getting any results. Mm. I'm working on these deals. And it's just like, what am I doing? <laughs> mm. That kind of leads me on to like the challenges of um, investing remotely. So obviously you had sort of stuff going on while you're in Sweden, in the UK. So was it a challenge as well, not only commuting back and forth, but trying to manage what was going on in the UK from, you know, a thousand miles away? Of course, uh, you know, great point. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, it, it's almost one of those where you have to, you have to kiss a few frogs to kind of, because, you know, in the beginning, you're dealing with individuals that you may not have a relationship with. So you're taking advice, you're working with people, but in all honesty, you don't know if it's right. So, you know, a lot of times, whether it's a broker, whether it's a estate agent, you know, whether it's a potential JV partner, finance partner, I mean, it, it, you're, you're almost like, well, I'm doing this, so you're compromising your own kind of um, goals. And I think once you're comfortable in what it is you're doing yourself, then you can kind of adjust that. So, yeah, it's tough. You know, to answer your question, it's very hard. But I, I think, you know, that's one of the reasons I joined, of course, um, as I'm a Zusich course, you know, very fortunate to have people like Michelle, um, that, you know, watching her journey, getting advice from her, you know, and kind of feeding from that, having conversations. I mean, myself and Michelle, we spoke, we helped each other, there were challenges. And, and these are the things that are so important, especially I think if you live from abroad is to have people around you and be in an environment that is inducive and, and you know watching her journey you know I'm, I'm, that goes back to kind of <laughs> the the competitiveness in me I mean if you're seeing someone doing something and growing and her growth is, is, is absolutely amazing from you know the resources that we had available to kind of where she is now that kind of you know how can I implement those things into my process so you know those things are extremely important and you know thankful for being a part of that as well so So did you find as well sort of kind of on based on what you were saying that maybe because you're not um aware of the UK market and sort of how things worked that you had to be sort of more careful about taking advice from people just in case you know because us we've grown up in this market so we kind of know ish when people are sort of bullshitting us a little bit (laughs) (laughs) yes uh my my bullshit raider excuse me uh no in all honesty i mean what what, i think what what kind of solidified my journey so far was i I was very clear of what what i wanted to achieve so i think that that's that's one of the things that and you know michelle could probably attest to this as well i think you know, if you look at us who, who have done quite well in a short space of time, we knew what we wanted from day one. We, we have a clear focus. And I think I went in very early. It's like, okay, you know, I, I don't know how the, the UK market works, but I'm going to kind of identify the people who have been successful. What have they done to be successful? What, what exactly, you know, what's the process? 
you know, follow those, those steps. And, and I think I didn't really try to complicate anything. I didn't try to reinvent the wheel. I try to keep it as simple as possible, but understanding what tools are available for us to be successful and then really try apply that and see how it works for myself. And, you know, to answer your question, I think sometimes I think it's, it, I actually had an advantage of not being in the UK because I think if I would have lived in the UK, you, you probably might have been a little bit more complacent. Mm. You know, mm. out there, I'm thinking, well, you know, I can do it next week. I, I can do it tomorrow. But for me, I knew, wait, I got a timeline. If I'm here five days, I have to, like, be effective. So it kind of almost gave me a sense of it was a negative thing not being there, but also a good thing because it, I maximized my time when I was there. So I don't know if that makes sense, but it, it yeah, finding that balance, I guess. Yeah, it kind of gave you that structure and forced you to uh, really, like like you say, plan everything out and um, and schedule everything in going forward then. Correct. So, yeah. And uh, do you think that, you know, in hindsight, looking back, did that help your progress, having it, those, like, concentrated periods of time? It did. Um, and, and to your point, I think a lot of times we, you know, we try and do, you know, the thing is I knew, I knew the areas that I, I didn't know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I knew that I didn't understand you know, what is the, you know, the, the legal process, uh, how does it actually work once, once you get a mortgage, you know, surveys and, and kind of everything behind. So I, very quickly, I understood that, well, I need to get people around me that know this instead of me trying to, you know, spend six months trying to figure it out myself. Mm. I know I don't know and understand. So let me, let me put together a team of people that are very good at this, work with them, leverage off them, and let me do what, what I enjoy doing. And I think, to your point, and to both your point, I think, you know, when we're, when we're going through a new journey or we have a new challenge, I think, you know, let's, let's not try, you know, don't be afraid to, to leverage. Don't be afraid to, to ask questions. Don't be afraid to be curious. I mean, we're, we're human beings. You know, we don't know everything. And, 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 you know, with real estate and property, it's not, you know, it's not a complex topic. It's just a matter of understanding what you want to achieve put together the people around you that you think can get you where, where you want to get. And then you be that driver, you be that engine, you be that positive line and push it. And then you take it from there and, you know, good things will happen. How did you decide what type of properties to invest in? Great question. Um, very good question. <laughs> so I, I was kind of dabbling a bit back and forth. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Michelle, I think the first <laughs> so I'm going to give you guys a quick story. You know, I have no um, mortgage, um, what do you guys call it in the UK? Like uh, CV or resume. So I'm, I'm not an experienced investor because I don't live in the UK. So, you know, when I'm doing a mortgage, I have to get like a mortgage host or like a JV partner. So my first opportunity I was looking at was this six uh, <laughs> off-market, six house development in Fortin Heath for 2.6 million tremendous deal great great deal gotten uh, the council in on a 10-year lease uh great price refinance i mean this was a deal we you know was, was on papers was phenomenal so i'm having a conversation with my mortgage broker he says sean let me understand this correctly you've been in the uk three months you got this deal for 2.6 million and you want me to lend you two million pounds with no income in the uk <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yes exactly and point is i'm not so sure so that was my you know that's how naive i was 
um, to, you know, I was very naive, but at the same time fearless because I wasn't afraid to fail because I understood that, you know, if I'm going to do something, let's just go for it. So to kind of go, go back to your, to your point, I think I then had to reevaluate my, uh, my, my journey. So I was just looking at really creating cash flows. One thing I did know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to spend all of this time and energy and investment and not owning a property. So even if that meant having a partner or maybe giving up a little bit more equity than I wanted, it didn't matter. I just, my, my focus was just, you know, doing a good deal where we don't lose money and focus on, you know, good area with great returns really. So that was kind of my, my mindset at the time. Yeah. What, oh. <laughs> what, what, when you say a great deal in a great area, can you be more specific? What does that mean to you? Yeah, great question. So, you know, um, residential, I, I think obviously having an area that, you know, it's attractive, you know, there's a lot of traffic. So whether that's from a, you know, um, young professional standpoint, students, uh, an area people want to live in, of course, there's great communication, there's great infrastructure, uh, storage schools, all of these, you know, the, these soft values. And of course, I think also trying to maybe identify an area that has, it's established, but it's still not fully mature mm -hmm. so I think that's where we can find pockets because a lot of times we focus on areas that are mature that have great returns great you know great rents but those areas are, are, are pretty maximized in terms of you know acquisition purchase prices so you know we have to spend a lot of time finding that good deal needle in the haystack and i think rather than spending you know a lot of time finding that one good deal we can probably then look in an area that maybe is not as mature, but we can still get great returns. It's really finding a balance and that could be anywhere in, in the UK. So, yeah. And Karen, did you have a question then? No, mine was actually exactly the same. same. Okay. <laughs> Girls were on the same wavelength. <laughs> um, I, um, I do have a question, sort of changing the subject like slightly, Brexit. <laughs> mm. Is that going to affect you and your business and sort of how you work at all? Great question. Um, yes and no. I, I think from an exterior standpoint, so when I'm speaking to whether it's um, non-UK investors, potentially, of course, they're very, you know, concerned. Uh, I, I think my thing is this, you know, and maybe Michelle can add to this as well. I think, you know, I'm in this for the long term. So, you know, I, I try and look at opportunities from a long-term perspective. So even if the market completely goes, you know, tits over or just belly up, uh, will I still make money over a year, two years, three years, four years? So it still makes sense. So, you know, if it's from a cash flow perspective, if we're investing in an HMO, for instance, even though that property completely loses half its value, we can still rent it out for five to 10 years and it still makes sense. So if, you know, looking at it from that standpoint, I think you kind of, you know, we, we mitigate as much risk as possible. And then Michelle knows as well. I mean, I think my strategy was always trying to get a long-term tenant in, so corporate client, the local authorities, I think that is a great mitigator in, in our strategy and how we look at opportunities because we can say, yes, right now, the political environment is, is quite um, unstable. There's a lot happening, but this opportunity itself still makes sense because we have a secured tenant that's gonna you know, give us revenue for the next five to 10 years, it's guaranteed. These are the numbers, so, it, you know, and things change in five years time there may be a different government so um of course i'm a little bit more careful but i think from a perspective it's always the long-term 
long-term um, mm. outset, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Has that changed um, how you, um, sorry, has that changed what you're actually looking at? So are you more conservative, for example, on the loan to value or, um, you know, the, the amount that you're looking to invest? Has that changed your strategy? Because obviously like getting the tenants and long-term tenants is great for mitigating on the inside and the exits, but upfront. Absolutely. Great question. So uh, ideally, in an ideal world, I would love 60% loan to value. But of course, I think, you know, when you're starting off, uh, mm. you want to uh, use momentum in terms of refinancing, uh, getting valuations that are attractive. Of course, you want to maximize it. But even still, even in an up market, I personally don't like to you know, do 85 or, you know, 90% loan to value if that was available, because I, I you know, I, I still want to be a bit conservative. And, and I think in, in all of our uh, properties that we've done, we, we look at, for instance, a repayment uh, mortgage as well. So that loan is paid off over time. So within 25 or 30 years, that property is completely paid off. So um, it's a great question. I, I think, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we're a bit conservative uh, in, in, in looking at that, but that, I would have been that regardless if it was no. okay. Is it something that you're sort of you're constantly aware of uh, in the back of your mind, or are you you know when you're sort of analysing deals and you go, oh well, you know this is great, but mm, Brexit, mm, or are you just kind of ignoring it, knowing that because you own property in the UK, you're more or less going to be safe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that goes back to my nativity. I probably ignore it. <laughs> I'm a bit, you know, maybe that's a bad thing. You know, time will tell. But not to be honest, I, I just, you know, yes, there is a part of me that 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 has some some kind of, you know, we can't completely ignore it. But you know, we we know what we want to achieve, and we know the numbers. I think we we've made some adjustments, of course. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it's I think it's your tolerance to risk. You know, um, you know if. if of course, if the market drops 20%, how does that affect our, you know, the opportunity? And you try to just, you know, put yourself somewhere in between that scale. But yeah, no, look, you just got to be positive. There's a saying, right? Um, you know, when, when there's, no, I don't want to say that maybe on your, on your podcast, but, you know. <laughs> you can't stop there. <laughs> no, I, I, let's keep it PG, but, you know, when, people are there's there's opportunities when there's a little bit of disarray and i think we 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 can unfortunately um you know we can find good opportunities in a market like this but you know it's not good for the whole as a a public of course so i'm trying to keep a little bit pc (laughs) (laughs) well if it all goes wrong we're all in the same boat anyway so you know it's it it doesn't really matter where you're investing from if if the market changes we, we all mm. have, it's going to affect everybody so um uh okay so um, you, the teams that you've got around you then how did you go about sort of choosing deciding who to have on your team and has that worked out have any any changes to the team great question uh yes and no i i think uh, um i don't know i you know i've been quite fortunate to meet some really good um you know industry professionals but you know you would probably notice as well both of you it, it you know i think it's it's a combination of um chemistry a combination mm-hmm. of of you know um competency experience uh, so it's a little bit of both i mean just because a person is extremely experienced and knowledgeable doesn't mean that you and that person may get on you know have mm-hmm. chemistry because you know at the end of the day it's still you know it's still a working relationship but yeah i've, I've been 
you know, the guys I'm working with now, you know, they're kind of in a similar, um, you know, similar position in terms of where they are in their journey, uh, you know, quite hungry, quite ambitious, um, great contacts, great network. We get along and we get, we, we are on the same page. So, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm quite happy with the guys that I have now and, um, you know, always open to, to meeting new people and, and, and growing and networking and, and growing together. You know, that's what it's about, you know, so. Yeah. Mm. We talked about um, your sort of commuting back and forth when you were sort of starting out, I guess. Mm-hmm. What about now? Are you still, like, now that you've got a team, do you find that you don't have to go back and forth to the UK as often? Or um, do you still like to check in? Like, how, how do you sort of balance it now? Great question. Uh, so now my, my, it's a bit of both. So, so my, now it's more of, I think, from a, acquisition and property standpoint it's more of okay i got you know i got my architect i got my builders you know i, I got my my building consultant you know I, you know i got my one or two brokers you know my solicitor you know they know whenever they you know whenever i'm ready i just shoot something over to them but now it's more of like okay partnerships you know meeting people that want to work with me or you know have opportunities and you know this kind of stuff it's actually to, to be fair I, I think I need to be there more now because now I actually have a bit of quote unquote credibility or I have, you know, I have something to show. So now it's when I want to be having these conversations. Now is actually the time for me to be at networking events or meeting people or having the lunches, meeting, you know. So, so um, yeah, it doesn't stop really. I need to be over there, you know, as much as possible uh, because it, it's, we have to take advantage of this time now when the momentum's there and we feel that we're confident and we want to grow. So, you know, we're, we're in a growth period and, and the next two to five years are the key, I think, in, in that process of really keep on pushing. So I'm not really letting up on the gas. Uh, but yes, um, I do absolutely try and be a little bit more strategic and plan when I'm over there uh, that I want to meet as many people. It's not so much more property related now because a lot of the deals come to me anyways. Um, and, you know, I have my quote unquote sourcers or people I work with. So, you know, finding property is not difficult. It's more of like building that financial or, you know, partnership relationships that, that I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> mm. What about, um, so before you were, you were going every two weeks, I think, sort of how every often? Three weeks, every two to three weeks. Okay, is that still the same now? Um, so I haven't been for a few weeks now, that's because of Christmas, New Year's Eve, but I'm mm. planning absolutely to, to, be at, uh, to go at the end of this month. Um, and, and yeah, um, like I said, so it, hopefully every two, two to three weeks. But once again, it, it's about, you know, are we getting... Are we moving the needle? Are we doing, you know, are we moving in the direction? I mean, a lot of times now, the good thing is with a laptop and a phone, I can, I can get a lot of business done, but people want still wants to, you know, they want to meet me face to face, you know, they want to see me. And I kind of, that's what my strength is, is, is the face to face contact and having the conversation and solidifying that relationship. Then everything that happens behind, you know, we can get done like, like we're doing now, you know, there's a phone and a laptop. So mm-hmm. but it is important to answer your question. I think it, it's vital that I'm there and really doing a lot of the legwork because that's really when things get done as we know ourselves. When you get something done, we got to do it ourselves. So, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. How has it affected your sort of work-life balance in Sweden? Because I guess, um, you know, friends and family, it's kind of difficult to find time to catch up with them if you're sort of, if you feel like you're always on a plane or in an airport. Yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's, 
So yeah, it's uh, you know, you, I mean, of course. Um, but you know, the funny thing with that is, I, I think you know, when, when people see that you're 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 actually stepping outside of your comfort zone and taking a a, a, a serious you know look in the mirror and say, I'm going to really try and change my life to the better. You know, yes, okay, you, you may you may not have as much family time and friend time and you know whatever the situation is, but. It, it, you kind of get a support because, you know, people like to see people kind of go for it. So it is a sacrifice. Uh, it is a massive sacrifice, but I think it's a sacrifice that, you know, and Michelle will, could probably, you know, attest to this as well. We, 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 we've just decided that, no, we want to, you know, make that step and, and make that change. So, you know, they're, they're going to be there. They're not going to go anywhere, hopefully, but um yeah, it is. It is. It is a big sacrifice, but I think it's. It's still. It's necessary for growth. You, know, you have to kind of make that you know decision. Yeah, you did that from the beginning. Like you said, you're very clear on what you want to achieve, and I think it. It's just you do what it takes, and that's it. So you, everything else, just you have to have different priorities for a while, and it's not forever, but it's a temporary and hopefully short term until you can get things moving and uh, that momentum going and you can you know take a step back and work more strategically rather than in the business and day-to-day um workings but you know i'm interested in what does that look like going forward then so obviously you've you know you've done that mastermind year you've, you've had that kind of accountability the structure and uh, and reach those goals so what does that look like moving forward then um great question so moving forward now uh, i've kind of identified and earmarked the you know my, my quote-unquote team um you know we, we've sat down i've said this is what we want to achieve um you know everyone has, has a part to play um you know obviously me being the, the driving engine and I, I think you know solidifying those partnerships and to answer your question that angard said that you know going over there and kind of you know meeting people face to face so they feel comfortable with everything and yeah, it's it's really just pushing that. So moving forward now, you know, we're in, we're in, we're in growth. We're, we're at a growth stage. We want to grow the business. We want to, you know, obviously get these good deals, solidify, you know, relationships with, you know, with the councils, with the corporate clients, you know, looking at opportunities that fit the model that we want to do. Uh, having people on the ground, like, you know, like yesterday I got two calls, you know, people doing views for me, you know, sending me stuff, you know, we, we're, we're discussing, looking with my architect, how does that work? You know, so it, it's a constant, you know, in the background working and kind of communicating and, and, and then when it's necessary for me to be over there, I'm over there. But yeah, you know, it's, it's really now, I think the next stage is putting everything, as you know, from a marketing branding, putting something like, you know, creating a website and just getting some co- content out there that, that's very simple. And, and then, and then, yeah, see what we can do and, and push it. So are you looking for, uh, what are you looking for? Um, are you looking for investors, deals, and, you know, sort of everyone's looking for those, I guess, but, well, maybe not, maybe not. What, what are you looking for? Yeah, no, great question. So, so I think um, the, the shift in, in mindset from, from myself, I, I think, and, and you could probably once again attest to this, I think one of the biggest challenges, we, we were spending so much time and energy trying to identify a good opportunity and then from there presenting it to you know a financial partner or investor so now it's i think it's more of looking at well how can we instead of doing that that's actually identifying someone who's in a position to work with us long term so Mm. you know 
having a financial partner, whether it's an institution, whether it's a pension fund, whether it's a, you know, private equity. And that is what I've kind of identified. I've been quite fortunate to kind of identify someone who's in a position to kind of, you know, help the business and grow together with myself. And, and, and once again, that's going back to what, you know, what the question was is, you know, it's chemistry, it's, it's, it's finding a, you know, synergy and, and, you know, uh, a shared interest in, in what it is that we're trying to do and support. So that's more what I'm looking for rather than every time we find a deal, you know, putting it up and finding an investor and having that in mm-hmm. place already. So that's really the focus has been is establishing all the components that we need uh, before going out and looking for opportunities. Do you think that that's, um, you know, the way you presented it there that in the beginning you look for the deals and then find the investor and then now it's kind of flipped over. Do you think you had to have gone that route to get to this point or going back in hindsight, would you have done it differently? 1000%. That was key. I think the journey that you and I have done, which is quite similar, it was very vital that we, you know, establish a certain, you know, kind of uh, track record, so to speak, um, and, and, you know, to show people that actually, yes, you know, because we, we can we can communicate and talk about strategies and what we want to achieve and you know, all this stuff, but at the end of the day, if we haven't done it, mm-hmm. you know, people going to say, well, why, why am I going to work with you, invest with you? You haven't actually done what you said you want me to invest in. So that was key, um, absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, you, you know, I think part of that is, you people can see your commitment over like a period of time they can see that you're investing in yourself you're making time to make this happen you're taking action and you know and we think we can all say when especially when you're starting out it's it's, it's not perfect and you know there's there's maybe gaps in in your like you said in your knowledge about the uk market but actually just going for it and keep going keep moving keep chipping away at that and then you get to that point where, okay, people can see, right, he's sticking around. He did what he said he was going to do. And then, yeah, you just get more, um, you get more experience. They get to know you better and you've got a, a better relationship. Like going back to what you said before, that in, in, in the, the first seven months, it, feel, it felt like not much was happening. And that was quite, we were both sort of at that point where, you know you just kept throwing everything at this thing and it's like right okay when are things going to change when are going to see it but I think 100% for me anyway it's like a compound effect and it's no overnight success it's just just keep just keep going um, I agree I agree also having fun you know we you know where um you know we, we we have to I mean this is life right this is yeah. just one component something we're doing but we have to enjoy what we're doing and you know, it, it's it's something that you know, we don't have to take it, you know, life seriously. I mean, it's it's we do what we do, and we do it to the best of our ability, and you know, whatever level that is, which is still it's still a success, and we're still winning. So yeah. Great. Is there any final comments you want to make about um, your journey and investment? Maybe some advice abroad? for like yeah. other, uh, investors from abroad who are maybe interested in investing in the UK. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great question. I mean, the advice I would give to anyone who's, who's not in the UK, I think it's very important to, you know, understand and know what it is you want to achieve before you go over there. And, and, you know, and, and not everyone's strategies may suit you. So try and find something that works for you with your so-called resource and time, because you're not going to be able to be there all the time. And, and, you know, and I think just, 
you know, be fearless, you know, but also be realistic. So set yourself, you know, goals so within 12 months. What, what, what do I want to achieve? What does that look like? Um, and, and yeah, you know, it, it can happen and, and really try and network and understand what it takes. Because a lot of times I think, you know, there's a lot of steps within the actual getting an offer accepted to, you know, picking up your keys that we don't understand and, you know, be curious, you know, don't be afraid to understand the process and ask the questions and how you as a, a non UK resident, what, what, what tools are available? Because this is something that I had to learn the hard way. You know, we, 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 we don't have the same opportunities as an experienced investor in the UK. So you need to very quickly identify that. So, yeah, but um, you know, anyone that has any questions or, when a conversation or email, you know, just shoot me an email, give me a shout, you know, give you some advice and yeah, anytime, uh, not a problem. Great. Where is the best place to find you? Is it LinkedIn or Facebook? Uh, you see, this is part of, this is part of my agenda. You know, this is one of my biggest weaknesses. I have to create this. You know. <laughs> best, best place to find me yet. Yeah. You know, currently it's the Facebook and LinkedIn and I'm trying to, you know, create some kind of, platform or website where you know you know people can get in contact with me but um you know if you guys want to share you know my uk number or facebook that's fine or linkedin or an email um that'll work um so but i'm not that difficult to find i think um Michelle. usually somewhere in the air between uh london yeah, and- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Take a plane. laughs> yeah. Um, what's it called? The place I love? Um, at a cafe, basically. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be at a, cafe. <laughs> at a cafe. Well, if people meet you at the airport lounge, then that's a great place. You're just like captive there. Doesn't you can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great. Oh, it's been great to uh, to find out a bit more about your journey yeah. and uh, yeah, I think it's really really useful for people. Uh, you know, not just people who are investing from abroad, but you know, especially people who are investing remotely, a lot of London, for ex- London investors, for example, want to invest up north and uh, or, you know, you might wherever you live, the strategy you, w- you want to do isn't right for the area you live in. So I think it's all applicable if you are investing remotely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hope to help. Um, thank you very much for taking the time out and, and I'm humbled and appreciate it. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to have you on. Okay, I think that now good. <laughs> I went no, I paused recording. All oh, right. <laughs> okay. I was like, okay, that's a good place to end. And then you're like, anyway. Oh. <laughs> oh, it says it's still recording. Are we still recording? Yeah, because I just unpaused it. Oh right, okay, um, right. Any Keep it real, guys. Keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> great. Well, um, we'll catch up soon. And um... well, I was going to say I've got final thoughts. Like, oh, I go, sort go. Of like a, um you know, it's quite inspiring in a way because like if somebody who has, you know, who's not grown up here, who has to had to learn everything from scratch and had to meet everybody in order to get where you are now and you're quite successful now, it's just like, well, yeah, if don't mean to, <laughs> don't mean to be rude, it's like if they can do it from abroad and you know why can't somebody who's grown up here and probably has like some more opportunities because you know like friends and family who've bought houses or whatever yeah rambly way is very well, inspiring yeah <laughs> the point is that is that you can and i think what comes across like really clearly is sean's commitment mm. to his goals and making it happen and just going for it and you know mm dealing with things along the way so um and understanding yeah. that there are going to be some sacrifices along the way yeah absolutely um, wherever you invest in from 
And I guess he managed to read quite a lot of books on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's one of my news resolutions. I, I'm not quite a, a, as, as, at a level as a certain person that we know, but my, my, my goal is one book a month. <laughs> Don't laugh. Oh, nice. That's good. Yeah. That's a good goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not. Oh, how many people really can read like more than one <laughs> a month? You know. Yeah, but some do with one, one a day or one a week or something like that. Some speed reading, people. speed reading. But then, yeah, some one people like month, to take that, things that's, that's, differently. That's it. That's the, you know, that yeah. is the absolute roof. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, hope to have you back on in the future. And you come back and tell us uh, the progress that you have been making the next year. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Very humble. Have a great day. Uh, Michelle, we'll probably catch up. And it was tremendously nice to meet you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.